twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. And welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll give you an introduction to power supplies and offer tips on how to choose the right one for your mobile or base station two-way radio. Plus, we'll tell you about some new instructional videos for the Ocean KG805 GMRS and MERS radios and some really big summer rebates on Kenwood and Motorola business radios. We'll also take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. BuyTwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialist. Mobile two-way radios are built to install and operate in automobiles, pickups, commercial trucks, off-road or recreational vehicles, and for some models, even motorcycles. Although it isn't specifically made for a desktop, the power, advanced features, and versatility of the typical mobile radio also allows it to be easily converted into a base station. When placed on a table or desk without a mount or hardware, connected to a proper antenna, and powered on, it's ready to go on the air. All it needs is a power supply. But before you shop around for power supplies, it's important to know that they are not all the same. The choice of power supply can make all the difference between clean, reliable radio communications and not having the power supply you really need to get on the air. So, how do you choose the right power supply for your radio? Well, it's not uh, as straightforward as we would like it to be to choose your power supply. That's for sure. You, you, it's, it probably um, it usually requires that you check some spec sheets or maybe even do a little math to make the right choice. Um, but maybe we should start by going over the, what, what types of power supplies there are and then kind of move into um, choosing the right power supply for your radio. What do you think? Okay, sounds good. Uh, or maybe we should also be clear what a power supply is and uh, why you would want one. I think you summarized it pretty well um, in your intro there, but maybe we should go and, and underline a few of those points. Does that sound good? Sounds so, good to me. Uh, all right. I think the, the primary point of getting a power supply is to allow you to power a mobile radio somewhere other than a vehicle. So, like you said in the intro, um, creating a base station is uh, probably the top use for a power supply. And uh, a power supply is absolutely essential for turning a mobile radio into a base station in your home. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for wanting to do that because mobile radios generally have a lot more power than a handheld radio. You can uh, connect to an external antenna that could be placed on top of your home or on top of a building or on top of a tower or something. Um, so 
having access to that power and that extra range that it provides uh, is a good reason for wanting a base station type setup. Mm-hmm. Um, so choosing a power supply, first you have to decide what type of power supply you want to get. Uh, there are a couple of options, um, linear and switching. Well, there are actually a lot of different types of power supplies, but the, the ones that we really need to focus on, I guess, are, are the linear and the switching, because those are the two that really most people are going to be um, choosing That's between. That's a good point. You could you also, there are also unregulated, ripple regulated, um, in addition to the regular linear and switching. But w- what we sell and what people seem to uh, be most interested in are the, the linear and switching, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And uh, I would say the switching um primarily but there there are some advantages to a linear power supply and I guess we need to go through some of those okay um, the linear is like the OG the original power supply design right they um, they've been around for a long time and uh, they provide clean quiet DC voltage no or uh, very little electromagnetic noise Um yeah, I think it, at some point it was pretty much the only choice that uh, people had for a power supply, and and they they work pretty well. And, and you know, with a mobile radio or connecting a radio up to it, you know, you really need something that's going to be quiet and clean, uh, no electromagnetic interference, that sort of thing, especially when you're you're transmitting. So it it, it was it's a good choice. Yeah, I think you're right. It was the original type of power supply. And uh, maybe we should be clear when we talk about noise, uh, we're talking about interference that's introduced in the signal mm-hmm. by the power supply. Yeah, basically what the linear power supply does, it takes the AC line voltage and it puts it through a transformer to lower the voltage and then through a rectifier and uh, filters to convert it to DC output voltage. Um, and this really, really makes it well suited for, for radios, but there are some drawbacks to it. There are a few drawbacks. And, uh, I think yeah, that, when you talk about transformers and a power supply, uh, that there's one obvious one. <laughs> yeah. The, the size is the biggest drawback I hear to linear power supplies. If, if you're talking about a low maximum amperage, then the size isn't usually going to be too much of an issue. But if you wanted a 20, 30 amp power supply and you went with a linear option, it's going to be a very large, very heavy device. So uh, when you get to the larger or, or higher amperage power supplies, linear becomes less and less of an option most of the time simply because of the, the cost to ship it and the, the size. Yeah. And I think uh, sometimes with some of those power supplies, you can't just set them on the kitchen table, really, to, for, for stability. You sometimes you kind of have to set them on the floor or something because they are that they are very heavy, uh, some of them. Some yeah. of them can be – I've seen some uh, power supplies that are, that are huge. Yeah, and, and that's why, um, in general, if you're looking for a linear power supply, your options are, are usually on the low amperage side, like you know, five amps or less, um, most likely. You can definitely find higher amperage linear power supplies, but mm-hmm. um, once you go over a certain um, amperage rating, you're going to see a lot of options that are switching power supplies. 
Yeah. Well, one of the other drawbacks to it is the amount of heat that's generated because of, of the, uh, you know, all the other equipment in there. Um, the, the heat can become a problem, especially if you have a small room or, or a room that's, uh, you know, for your ham shack that's, that's not well ventilated. Um, that it gets hot in there pretty quick with, uh, one of these things. And a lot of the weight of the power supply is contributed not just to the transformer, but to all the heat sinks, you know, because they have to have these massive heat sinks in there to help uh, dissipate the heat and, uh, and keep that limited, uh, you know, to compensate for, for, um, you know, for that heat. So uh, sure. you're going to have these things really, really heavy. Um, let's move on to switching power supplies. What, uh, how do, how do those operate differently? Well, um, the switching power supplies are what they often call switched mode. Um, they, they are generally small, light, and, and and they're considered more advanced. They're more a more recent development. They um, and they operate considerably uh, at a considerably higher efficiency than the linear ones, and they also generate less heat. I should say, uh, and that can be very very important when you're operating in a small area. Um, so advantages being smaller and lighter, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess there are probably some drawbacks as well. The um, uh, yeah. amount of noise, uh, RFI noise, uh, that they could introduce in your signal is something that I hear often. Uh, when we talk to customers about switching power supplies, they'll say, is it quiet? Is it, uh, is, is it, is it a noisy power supply? Where they're talking about, or is it introducing noise in the signal? And that can depend yeah, a little. And bit. a lot of those are a lot of those now have the uh, you, you can make it adjustments on them. Um, some of the more advanced uh, switching power supplies, you can adjust that noise offset, which is nice. Some of the older ones, you they didn't have that adjustment on there to where you were able to do that. That's a good point. You know that as they as they come up with more advancements and tweaks on these things on this technology, I think they're getting better and better. But I, I will say that they um, they're fine for general consumer electronics, but because of the uh, noisiness that they can introduce, uh, it can become problematic for uh, radios. So it is something to consider. However, once again, they're they're smaller, they're lighter, they're they're cheaper, so that makes them a lot more affordable when you're adding them to um, a you know, a rig that you, that you want to put up as a base station. So it is an important yeah, that, consideration. That's a good point, Rick. They, these uh, switching power supplies aren't just a uh, radio uh, device. They're, they're used throughout the consumer electronics world. Probably every PC you've ever used has been powered by a, a switching power supply. Yeah, right? those, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those little bricks that you see uh, connected to the, uh, to power adapters, those those little kind of brick type power supplies, and even the what they call the wall warts you stick in the in the wall, those are mm-hmm. those are basically switching power supplies. Uh, now, as far as noise goes, that that is a a good reason to get a decent quality power supply when you're shopping for one, because manufacturers can do things to reduce or eliminate the noise generated or the noise introduced into your signal. So um, maybe uh, this is one product where, you know, buying the cheapest thing available isn't a good idea. No. Um, 
because you you may pay for that with uh, some uh, downsides. Now there there are also ways you can remove any noise from your line uh, by adding filters and things like that to to your line, but uh, it, probably starting with a high quality power supply is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. It's really common to see uh, if you've ever noticed those little uh, chokes or those little little like round or yeah, you know, the ferret, yeah, down on the um, little the bumps in the <laughs> yeah, the, the ferrite core chokes, things like that on the line. Sometimes they show up as these elongated bumps in the. Uh, that are in the wiring or in the in the cable going from the power supply from the wall to the laptop or uh, phone or whatever it is. That's that's what that is. That's an that's an EMI choke. It's a ferrite core of some type that helps filter out and, and uh, kind of level out the the signal from the uh, yeah. And that, the that electronic- just clamps. It just clamps right on the wire. It's not right. an electrical device or anything. It's just basically a. a um, piece of material, like a certain type of, of uh, element. Mm-hmm. And actually, you can buy those. If you're having trouble, that's one uh, tip we can give you right there. If you're having an issue with line noise, that's one easy way to try to eliminate that or try to troubleshoot is to go out and get the, I mean, you can buy them. Uh, you just go out and get uh, one or two and, and clamp them onto the, the, the cable, the, the electrical wire, and uh, see if that, that helps it. Yeah, they're they're um, pretty inexpensive as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that pretty much covers linear versus switching power supplies. Um, let's get into choosing. How do we actually go about choosing a power supply for the radio? Oh, this is this the a, fun part. Yeah, there's a lot to this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, you would think. If you're somewhat uh, electrical, you know, if you've got a ham radio license, you had to, to um, you know, answer some questions on your test about how basic electricity works, like how you do you figure um, amps and things like that, and uh, you know, volts, watts, all, all that fun stuff. So, in theory, you should be able to to look at your radio and say, "Oh, well, I have a 50 watt radio." And I'm um, going to be, it's, it's going to be drawing, um, what, 13.8 volts um, in a vehicle or from a power supply. So 50 watts divided by 13.8 volts would be just under four amps. So a four amp power supply should work great for me, right? With my 50 watt radio. And there, and there no. is a formula. <laughs> there is a formula to, to uh, I guess we should mention the formula right off the bat, Uh uh, that you can use yeah, well, to calculate that. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's uh, watts divided by volts equals amps. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's a basic electric electricity formula. But what I'm saying is that four amps that you come up with for a 50-watt radio at 13.8 volts is not a good number because uh, your radio is actually going to draw more than four amps occasionally. Like when you first start to transmit, you're going to have a spike. And maybe instead of four amps that the formula gives you, that radio is actually going to draw 10 amps for half a second. But if you're using a four amp power supply, you're going to blow a fuse or something when you first hit the transmit button when the, when the uh, amps um, spike. Yeah, it's not going to be able so, to handle that spike. 
So you would also think, okay, well, maybe I need to double the power supply needs just to handle those spikes when I transmit. But wait, you don't want to, you also have to think about the load on the power supply mm-hmm. because uh, you, operating the power supply at 100% load all the time uh, is also going to be bad for the power supply. It's going to cause more heat. It's going to cause a fan to have to run in the power supply to cool it. And uh, those are things you need to consider as well. So um, it's not as simple as just doing the math and figuring out uh, based on you know what the formula comes up with. This is the size power supply I need. And it's not just for that one radio. If you know, some people will um, actually attach more than one device to that power supply, or they'll try to. And oh, sure. So and you, a lot you of times, do- power supplies will have a twelve volt port on the front. So maybe mm-hmm. you'd have a radio connected to the back, but occasionally you plug in your phone charger or something like that to it. Um, so when that happens, you need to you need to calculate and add in the load from all of those devices or all the potential devices that you're going to um, add to that power supply. So if you, um, so if you're looking at getting one, that that's an important consideration. You're going to say, okay, am I going to use this just as a dedicated power supply for this one radio, or am I going to be connecting a couple of radios to this thing that I'll be using alternately, or maybe, you know, uh, pretty close together or am I going to be doing like what you just said, Danny, is uh, adding a couple of other devices to it to power them as well? Uh, you have to consider all of those things and calculate all of that total. And then you, you need to choose a power supply that's going to provide uh, ample uh, power for those needs. That's absolutely right. Um, there are – while I absolutely recommend that you look at the spec sheets uh, – for the radio you're going to be using, and um, also for the power supply you're looking at purchasing. That's uh, another thing to consider. There's often multiple amp ratings that are provided on a power supply. There's a um, maximum amp rating, and then there's a like a sustained amp rating. Mm-hmm. So like maybe uh, a power supply will handle a spike, but it will not handle... Uh, load over a certain amperage for a period of time so it's important to understand that and that's going to often be in the spec sheets or in the the product description if you're looking at our website another consideration here too is when you're you know a lot of these mobile radios you can uh, adjust your transmit power quite a bit and um, just because you have that adjustment in the radio um, you need to you need to consider that as well because some people think, well, I'm going to be operating my radio on low or medium power, and then occasionally I'll, I'll have a couple channels that run on high power. Well, you've got to take that high powered those high powered channels into account as well because the more uh, you know, the greater the power that you're going to be transmitting with, obviously, the greater the draw on the radio. And of course, when you're you know, it's not a big deal when you're receiving because when you're in receive mode, you're you're really not drawing that much power from the radio. But when you're in transmit, you really have to pay attention to all of that. So if if you have if you're hooked up to a power supply that it's is rated a certain amperage, and you're saying you know most all all of your 
uh, channels are are set for maybe a lower medium power, but then you want to program a channel with a with a high power to it. You need to make sure first that hey, is my power supply going to be able to handle that? Right. I think that's a, a good point too. That maybe um, everyone doesn't think about all the time. It's it's when you're transmitting that the radio is using the most power by far. Mm-hmm. Just sitting in standby and receiving. The radio doesn't consume a lot of power. That's why uh, a lot of times if you have a, a handheld radio, if the battery's low, as soon as you press the transmit button, that's when everything goes blank and it turns off because you're, you're using more power when you do that. And it's the same thing with a mobile. You hit that transmit button, that, that's when the, the power used is going to spike. You know, it's a very common question that we get, too, um, from from listeners is that and in our forums too is that well you know I've I've got these batteries in my my handheld radio and the radio works fine until I press the push to talk and then it won't transmit and everything blanks out or it transmits for a few seconds and then goes dead and uh you know and we're talking lots of times of rechargeable batteries and um I yeah, we I see tell that them question all the time yeah we do and um and really that's often an indication if you're using rechargeable batteries that maybe that battery pack has reached its end of life because it maybe can't hold you know it's, it can hold enough of a charge to kind of keep it on and listening but if you're trying to transmit and you're drawing on that power from the battery the battery just can't sustain it anymore and uh, that's often an indication that you need to probably replace your rechargeables at that point. Um, for power supplies, I think a general rule of thumb, um, rule of thumb now, this isn't the true in every case, but generally for a 50-watt mobile radio, I like to recommend a 20-amp or higher power supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Samlex power supply that's 23-amp that uh, I think is fantastic. And uh, that's normally my go-to. That's the power supply that we use uh, internally for programming mobile radios and, and things like that. And it's, it's uh, they, they work for a long time. They, uh, they're really good products. And I think they figured out the sweet spot, 23 amp. Uh, we've never had a problem using this power supply uh, with any of the mobile radios we, we program or test. So it, it uh, has enough power. Um, to cover every case we've come up against. So that's why I feel confident recommending that particular power supply and also saying 20 amps for a 50 watt radio gives you enough buffer um, that you're not going to have any issues. Well, speaking of the brands or the different uh, manufacturers of power supplies, we um, we've recently added a couple more to uh, to our product line, we we have been carrying uh, some power supplies that we, well we carry. Uh, let's see, we were carrying some diamond or a diamond power supply, and we were carrying some uh, power supplies all uh, switching from uh, Ocean and TYT. But we've added a couple of new lines recently, and some of them are really really nice, high quality power supplies. Yeah, that that Samlex line, um, the Samlex power supply that I was just mentioning is one of those products uh, that we started carrying with the, the Samlex line. I think we have uh, what, four or five of their power supplies. Yeah. 
Um, also, the Pyramid brand power supplies, and they have a very wide selection. To, you know, uh, whatever you're looking for as far as um, 12 volt ports or high amperage or rack mount, they have some options for you. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they're a good brand. They make good quality products. We've had a Samlex power supply in the office that that we've used. It's been a real workhorse for us. That Anthony, you still use that quite a bit, I believe. And and uh, we've had oh, that yeah. for. I mean, they use that. Uh, they use that thing in um, the um, some of the the base stations that the manufacturers put together. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Oh, that's a good point. Converting a mobile ICOM, right? So yeah, they, if you buy they, an ICOM base station kit, it's going to include that Samlet's power supply. Yeah, it's it's they built a case for it and and all that good stuff. So it's that you know, I'm sure ICOM did their testing to see which one was um, you know powerful enough to or could withstand that that unit. So we have one that we. When we started getting into ICOM sales, um, we purchased one because oh, we got to have something to program mobiles, have a way to uh, to power them, and, and that's what we went with. And it's it's knock on wood, it's worked like a champ. It's probably, I bet you that thing's probably programmed, you know, several thousands of radios. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, we. You're right. We got that when we first started um, selling ICOM products, which was goodness. 2007 maybe <laughs> so yeah and that power supply is yeah. still going strong still going strong yeah i use it I've, I've used it quite a bit uh for powering all kinds of devices with uh and and uh, i've used even used it in some of the videos that we've we've shot for powering a lot of the mobiles with over the years and uh it's it's never never been an issue it's never failed me so, um, all right, should we move on to some guidelines? Uh, yeah, to maybe I, th- consider? I think, I think uh, that's important. I mean, we, we, we have the basics on the power supplies themselves. We, we have a list of power supplies that you can choose from. But what are some of the guidelines when you're purchasing a power supply? What is it that, that you really need to keep in mind when you're, when you're shopping around for one? Um, use the manufacturer's amp rating of the radio as the rule. So that's um, where I was saying when you you do the math and you come up with the number of amps that's that's very, very low, don't use that number. Don't do the math. Go to the spec sheet of the radio and the manufacturer will publish a max amp rating. That's the number you should use um, as your starting point for which size power supply to buy. Mm-hmm. Next, use the maximum or peak load rating of the radio, not the standby or typical draw. Because so, they'll often yeah, they'll yeah. often list both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you and you want the max number off that spec sheet, the max amp rating, and that's not going to be what the radio you draw draws all the time. It's going to be the the maximum you should see in one of those spikes. Mm-hmm. Um, you also need to consider, are you going to be connecting multiple devices to this power supply? If you're going to be connecting multiple radios, you're going to be charging your phone. You need to consider all of that um, or else you're not going to have enough power. <laughs> um, you need to choose a power supply based on the continuous rating, not the maximum or surge rating. A lot of times power supply manufacturers will publish and put 
front and center the max rating for amperage. Yeah, because it looks good on looks rate. good on ma- uh, on marketing materials. <laughs> right, you you can't really argue with them, I guess, because if their competitors are advertising their max rating, then they've got to as well, or else it's not apples to apples. But um, you you do need to look at the spec sheet and see what the continuous rating is, not that maximum. And and a lot of times the number that they're advertising or that you see. Front and center is that peak rating, not the continuous rating. You want to choose a power supply that has a maximum continuous rating that's considerably greater than the max amp draw of the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, you also want to consider the difference between uh, the linear and the switching power supply because there may be times when you when you might think, well, maybe I should go with a linear power supply. If you're going to be in an area where you're going to, uh, like we were talking about before, when, if you're going to be in a confined area and heat is going to be an issue, then may, you may want to go with a switching power supply. But on the other hand, if you're going to be uh, keeping that power supply in really close proximity to the radio or the antenna or there are other devices there that, that might, uh, you know, that, that might introduce uh, some issues with with the interference, with electrical interference, then maybe you might want to go with a linear power supply in that sense. Yeah, there's there are cases. Like um, we've been using a 50-watt mobile radio as an example a lot uh, in this episode so far, but consider a CB radio, for example. CB is limited by law to four watts of power. So if you what you're doing is setting up a CB radio base station, a CB will not have a very high amp draw at all because it's only using four watts of power mm-hmm. at a maximum. So in that case, maybe you want to look at linear power supplies because you'd only need one that's uh, several amps capacity to power your radio. So maybe you want to go with linear and avoid any possible you know, noise um, issues. Yeah. Also, you want to choose a power supply that has a built-in cooling fan to it because uh, some, a lot of them do, some of them don't. And uh, once again, if, if heat is going to be a factor here uh, when you're operating a power supply, a radio with one, then uh, it's, it's something you want to take into consideration. Now, when we're talking about the heat factor in small spaces, we're not just talking about the power supply. You know, the radio generates some heat too. So, uh, and anything else you have in there, and like if you, you have a computer that you're using along with that or any other devices, they're all generating heat. So th- those are all important considerations. Yeah, you probably need to consider the uh, air temperature also of uh, the environment where you're going to be using the base station. If mm-hmm. you're going to be uh, in the elements, uh, you know, versus in a climate-controlled ham shack, uh, there may be different things to think about. Mm-hmm. Another thing, uh, you know, you want to kind of stick with a power supply from a, a reliable manufacturer, some someone that you trust, uh, one that gets uh, pretty good ratings. There are a lot of, of cheap power supplies out there. And just because they're inexpensive, um, you know, like you go on Amazon or eBay or something and pick up a power supply that, that nobody's ever heard of, um, that may not be the best option for you um, because uh, you, you really want something that's going to uh, 
um, have some longevity to it. That's going to be built to last, and that's going to deliver the power that you really need. And without uh, causing any issues or without the risk of, of failure. Yeah, I, I agree. That is um, pretty important with a power supply, just because of, especially a switching power supply, um, where you're talking about a possible noise issues. You're not going to be able to tell from looking at spec sheets on the internet um, how happy you're going to be with the signal produced by your radio connected to this power supply. So you may compare two power supplies side by side on Amazon and everything matches up or it's one is clearly better than the other, but you've never heard of the manufacturer. You, you purchased the product and uh, now you, you're not happy with it. Well, that brings and, up another point, too, and, and this is one that, uh, you know, some people don't even really think about at all until something happens with that power supply, and then that's all they're thinking about. That's the warranty. You really want to consider the warranty because there are some power supplies uh, that that really don't have long warranties, some that do, and and power supplies have a lifespan. They don't last forever. Um, and they will, uh, power supplies can burn out. They can, they, you know, they can give it up after a period of time. So, uh, you really want to have a warranty in place. You don't want it to, to happen before the warranties expire. But if it, if it does, then, then you're pretty much covered. Um, so it is something that you want to consider is, is the length of the warranty. And there are some power supplies that, uh, some manufacturers that have some great warranties with their, with their power supplies. It does sort of speak to the manufacturer's confidence in the product. If they put a two, three, five-year warranty on on the product, mm-hmm. then uh, I think that says a lot. If, if you're buying a power supply that has a 90-day warranty, you should probably be skeptical that uh, maybe this thing isn't going to last very long. Yeah, that's a, a very good point. Um, but, of course, the, the first, actually, the last item on our list, which is really, I think, should be the first consideration is don't buy a power supply based solely on the price. I mean, consider yeah, all of these other factors. That sums up pretty well uh, what we've been saying. Uh, I have one other guideline I'd like to add to the list here, and that is uh, when in doubt, overbuy. Yeah, It's right, not going yeah. to hurt to get a power supply that uh, can handle more amps than you plan on using. So if you, uh, if all your, your math and the, the research says you're going to need a 20 amp power supply, getting a 25 amp power supply is okay. You might end up with a slightly larger product, but uh, it, it's not going to hurt to get a, a larger one. Yeah, and the stuff changes too. I mean, you know, especially within the ham radio community, you know, you might be running a 50 watt uh, TYT radio or Wushin radio or whatever the case may be. And then you decide, oh, I'm going to step up to this 100 watt uh, HF radio. Um, you know, that's you a very know, good point. Stuff always changes. You know, you're going to, you're, I always tell that to people, especially when they're buying radios that, you know, it's one of the first questions I ask, do you see your building? You're, you're in a, a 3000 square foot building now, but do you see yourself growing? Where do you see yourself in five years? Do you, you know, when they ask about, Oh, do I need one watt or five Watts? Well, where do you see yourself going? And it's kind of the same thing with power supplies. You're probably going to end up moving up to a more powerful radio one day. That's, you know, that's that's going to need a bigger power supply. 
considering your like future with, needs. With radios, you, you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you have to throw away your fleet of radios because you right. didn't buy big enough. Future expansion, future consideration. That and that's something that I didn't even really think about uh, be- beforehand uh, when I was uh, going over th- this list. That I think there's very, very important, very important thing to consider. Plan ahead. Yep. Yep. Um, so overall, um, anything else we want to add to power supplies? Uh, I think we I think, covered it. I think we covered it as well. Uh, I'd like to say check out our line of Samlex and Pyramid power supplies. Uh, use promo code SHOW and save 5% on any of those. If you're in the market for a power supply, be sure to keep us in mind Yep. at buytwayradios.com. Wow, you got all that in before I could even open my mouth. <laughs> You're good. I didn't know if you had it coming up, so I wanted to. I got wanted to get the plug in for sure. <laughs> you definitely beat me to that one. All right, so you know uh, we do have a couple other things going. It's been a little while since we put out an episode, and we just things have been you know just been so busy, a lot going on. But um, did want to catch up on um, a couple of things we've got going here. We've got. Uh, of course, we've got the KG805 radios we've talked about so much in the past, and uh, those things are really um, – we, we're we having a tough time keeping those things in stock, particularly the um, the GMRS ones. A tough time. You could say that. I think we were out of stock for the last two or three weeks while we're waiting on a, a boat from China to get here. And, uh, of course, things get held up in customs for an extra couple of weeks. So um, – yeah, we can't uh, we can't keep them. Yeah, I mean, just uh, uh, I don't know. It, it's uh, the popularity of this radio is. I mean, we knew this was going to be a popular radio. I, I just think we we probably underestimated just how well received and how popular that uh, it was going to be. And uh, now we know. <laughs> but uh, it's a good thing. That's a good uh, maybe, thing. Maybe you know? maybe we'll be prepared here in the next couple of weeks when our next shipment gets here. <laughs> We'll be prepared. We've said that before, but uh, hopefully this time we're right. Well, in the meantime, we, we've uh, got some videos for the uh, KG-805. We just put out one uh, introducing the series with the KG-805G GMRS radio and the KG-805M, the MERS version, uh, which is also a really, really nice radio. And uh, we've got we've got a couple more coming out, too, over the next couple of weeks. We're going to have a couple of tutorials um, that will be uh, putting out there to make it easier for for everyone to kind of get a feel for this radio and, and learn how to to work it and and uh, set it up for their for their own personal needs. Uh, it, it's not and it's not complicated. It's not really complicated, but I think these tutorials will definitely definitely help. Um, let's see. We oh you know we have one other thing too. We've we've had. Uh, some promos that have been running for the business radios and uh, particularly for Kenwood and Motorola. And I think they just ended uh, June 30th, but Kenwood extended theirs. Kenwood extended theirs all the way to September. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Um, I'm surprised. Normally there's uh, they go three months with a rebate and three months without a rebate, but uh, Kenwood, um, Kept theirs running, so that's good news. 
I, I think partially that that has to do with uh, the whole pandemic situation. I think that uh, they're extending that to kind of give everyone uh, a chance to kind of breathe a little bit with this pandemic. And uh, I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, the the uh, Kenwood rebate is a one hundred to two hundred dollar rebate plus a free multi charger when you purchased uh, at least six radios. Six, you know. At least six radios. Right. And it's, uh, I think that's only on select models. Uh, it's not, Anthony, do you know which models specifically that's on? Yeah, I got it pulled up right here. One second. Uh, so it is on the NXP 500, um, the TK 3230DXs, the PKTs. Um, both, uh, two watt versions of the, uh, the TK 2400 and TK 3400, the, um, 2402, 3402, and then the digital, um, radios, the NX240 and NX340. Oh, so that's it's actually, pretty, it's, it's, yeah, that's pretty much everything. Right. It pretty much covers all of them this time. But it's a different um, rebate amount for each category of these models. Uh, so right. So the, obviously on the on the lower end, lower tier radios, the thirty two thirties and the PKTs, um, you know, you're getting you're getting a hundred bucks back for every six, and then it goes up from there gradually up to two hundred on your higher end digital model. So I mean, either way, it's a pretty good. Uh, you know, I always like they do this about once a year or so, where they throw in that you know, give you free cash back and give you a multi unit charger. This kind of sweeten the pot a little bit. So this is usually one of my favorite ones that they do. Yeah, those multi chargers aren't cheap. So yeah, uh, 100, 170, 180 bucks piece. They're, yeah, that's um, a pretty, uh, pretty sweet, sweet deal. Yeah, that's a great deal. Um, and I think you can get it for up to ninety radios. So you can get up to like ten of these rebates and ten of these multi chargers if you're buying ninety radios. And this is for a lot of businesses that are building their fleets or they're they're uh, replacing them or replenishing them or, or whatever. Um, I think it can save it can save your business a lot of money. Now Motorola's business radio rebate expired. However, they did launch a new forty dollar rebate on uh, ten CP two hundred D radios. The CP two hundred D is a pretty high end uh, digital radio. It's one of their most popular radios. Buy ten, you get a forty dollar rebate for each radio. So that's four hundred dollars. On ten, plus you get a free earpiece, surveillance well, style earpiece for each radio, not not for just one radio. earpiece. You get one for each radio, which is a pretty cool deal. Because these, because uh, I tell you what, these earpieces, these these are Motorola. Now these are not little, you know, not third uh, party or, or off brand earpieces. Th- these are Motorola earpieces, and I think these things go for what forty bucks a piece, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, so, it's a really good deal. And the best part, people actually like this. You don't have to fill out any rebate forms or anything to yeah. claim this one. You just buy the radios. When you buy 10 or more on our website, you get the rebate and the earpiece applied instantly mm-hmm. to your order. So it's it's super easy. You don't have to wait around for, for Motorola to send you something or send you a check. Uh, it's just you automatically get, you get the, the extra earpiece and the discount at the time you place the order. I think that's a pretty pretty sweet deal. I love instant rebates. I don't want to have to do, I mean, granted, if you tell me I got to fill something out online to get a free radio or cash back, I'm going to do it. But instant, 
that's uh, that's my that's my bread and butter. You know, if I can, I want it. Boom! I want it right there. I don't want it on a gift card. I want it right there. And yeah, and the I'm always surprised. Is, is, is awesome. I'm always you know? surprised how many people don't fill out those rebate forms. Like you could get a free, you can get two hundred bucks and a free multi charger, but you're you're not going to take the time to go and fill out the form. It's it's uh, a lot of people actually. Yeah, you'd be surprised. There, I hear that. Quite often, I'm like, man, wish I was, you know, wish I could file it for you. <laughs> I'll take the, the 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 cash on the card and a free charger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but th- this happens on the promo codes too because uh, you know we'll do some sort of promotion or we'll have some kind of a sale or something and and we'll offer promo code to save even more on top of that. And of course, like this one, you know, the the one we use uh, here on the on the show, uh, which is promo code show and. Um, and people will uh, say, yeah, I heard this on the podcast. I'm going to order one. I'm going to buy one or a couple of these. So they go out and they buy it, and then they don't use the promo code. And I'm thinking, well, uh, it, it's great uh, that, that you bought one, but you could have saved more by, by using the promo code. And it, it happens, I think, more often than not. So, uh, And that's what the promo code's there for, to save you some extra money on that. And uh, uh, definitely you want to take advantage of that. Uh, I do. <laughs> whenever I, whenever I purchase something, I, I, I go looking for promo codes. So um, uh, I, I'd say, you know, if if, if you if you want to make that purchase, use the use the promo code. Absolutely. Yeah. I, there's one more thing I'd like to add about that for the promo code show is that it's it's pretty much good for anything. I mean, you don't necessarily have to go get a radio if you got. If you need an accessory or spare battery or something like that, it's good for that too. So uh, you're not limited to you know just whatever uh, radio that we're talking about that week. It's, it can be pretty much anything there. Uh, so uh, use it, use it, um, use it. Yep. So uh, any anything else we we need to cover? I think we 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 did it all. Okay, We've done it all. All right. Well, we have a couple of uh, comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. The first one, uh, first one comes from Rob, and he uh, he's asking, need to know if a CLS 1410 can work with a Baofeng 888S. And that's from Rob. Um, I am not super familiar with a BF 888S, but I believe that that radio can be programmed if you have a programming cable and software. So you could um, probably program it to talk to a CLS 1410. But since we don't sell the 888, I'm not sure what the legalities of that are. And uh, I'm not sure what the default frequencies of the BF 888 are. So I mean, it's possible you could program your CLS 1410 to talk to the 888 depending on what those default frequencies are. And of course, uh, there's so many people selling that on Amazon. It may, you may get different default frequencies based on who you buy it from. Uh, well, I mean, it is a UHF radio, I believe. So, um, uh, and the CLS is. is UHF. So it, it technically, as long as it will, um, I mean, from a technical standpoint, as long as uh, it will transmit and receive on the same 
frequencies, you're, you know, you'll be able to. Well, the CLS to, to is other, limited but. to 56 frequencies that are built into the radio. Right. So, but, um, the assuming the 888 will work on those same frequencies, which I think it will. I think it's it's right. a fully programmable radio, so that you can just type in your frequencies in the software for the 888. Now, exactly. I think exactly. Now, we no. don't sell the radio, and I've never used the radio, so I'm, I'm not uh, going to say with a certainty. Yeah, well, having said that, once again, that's technically, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will. But whether or not it's allowed, whether or not it's legal, that's a different question entirely because I think uh, the 888S, I don't know. Did they did they ever get that uh, type accepted for Part 90, Anthony, or something? I, I know you've... They, I don't think they did. That. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't think they did. Yeah, so I would say probably not a good idea to do it. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um. Anyway, uh, the next question comes from Angel, and Angel says, Hello, do privacy codes affect range? If yes, which one has best range, DCS or CTCSS? And that's from Angel. Uh, no, they don't affect range in that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they I guess, could um, maybe affect range in that you won't hear anything if you're, you're – uh, you have a CTCSS or DCS tone applied that's not on the uh, transmission you're trying to receive, uh, but it's not going to reduce the power output of the of the radio. No, but that you know that is a good question though, you, and I've I've heard that brought up uh, once or twice through the years, and uh, yeah, and some people might think that it that it would. I don't. It doesn't really. I mean, if you're talking about whether it affects your your signal output, not not really, no. No, and and what that's doing is just just adding an inaudible tone to whatever you're transmitting. It's, it's mm-hmm. uh, like when you hit transmit, you're sending your voice, but the radio is also embedding a tone to match the CTCSS or the DCS code that you've selected. So it's just like something extra that gets encoded along with your voice when you transmit. Okay, and our uh, last one here is from Work Guy, and uh, he says, I'm wondering if it is possible to speak on multiple channels at once with a two-way radio. I work in a large company with many different divisions all running on a total of 16 channels. My supervisor wants me to find out if it is possible to make a group announcement over all 16 channels at once. Um and see, he says, uh, I would use the Motorola XPR 4550 radio for this. My assumption is that it is not possible to do this, but I need to confirm. I've been all over the internet and I've looked at the owner's manual, but couldn't find any answers. I also contacted Motorola customer support, but they haven't responded. Um, my supervisor is getting on me about this and I would appreciate any help. Thanks. And that's from Work Guy. Uh, well, I think I'm going to be able to help this guy, but uh, not to the extent he's going to want. It, it is possible. If he's using a Motorola XPR radio, that is a DMR digital radio, and there's something called an all-call that you can set up as a, a function of DMR, particularly if you're using a, a digital repeater. Um, but uh, I, I'm not going to be able to get into specifics about how to configure that on the show right now. Yeah, it's something. It's I mean, it can be done. It's just something. It's it's in the programming. You can't. It's, unfortunately, you can't just hit a button on those radios. Those radios are so. Those, any Moto Turbo radio is so sophisticated on the programming that it's not like programming a 
a Motorola CLS radio where you can change, you know, tones on the fly or whatever, but um, it's going to have to be reprogrammed and not just that radio, but all the radios will have to be reprogrammed, reconfigured. And if you're using a repeater, the repeater is going to have to be reprogrammed as well. But it is possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, we don't sell the XPR, but knowing how some of the, the other turbo radios are, um, I mean, it's one of the benefits of spending the extra money and going with digital is you're able to um, set up uh, different groups and contact lists and um, time slots and things like that. So you're able to do that sort of thing. It, yeah, I guess it does depend on his setup. I mean, if, you, if he's using 50 different frequencies and... Uh, a bunch of different repeaters. It may not be possible. I'm imagining that he's got 16 channels that are all different groups going through a, a single DMR repeater, and in which case uh, you can do it. And that, that's a common setup. All right. Well, I guess that does it for our comments and questions this uh, episode. Send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2wayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. Of course, you can subscribe to the two-way radio show directly from our website, twowayradioshow.com, or hear it on Apple Podcasts, blueberry.com, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, your smart speaker, where, wherever podcasts uh, can be heard. Uh, so you can pick us up anywhere. And um, I guess that does it for our, our show. Um, before we go, any final comments? Any late-breaking news? Anything going on? Nothing that I can think of. All right. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. That's right. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by Buy2WayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy2Way Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at Buy2WayRadios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're... Out.